Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Predicted Apostasy or Not So Much, Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. I first want to thank all of you for being patient as I have upgraded my sound equipment. The last upgrade part came in today and it is working in this episode. Thank you all for your patience. In our previous episode titled Response to the Undisciplined, Part 2, posted November 8th, we ended our extended summer series. We hope you enjoyed the books of First and Second Thessalonians, despite the fact we could dig as deep as those two books allow anyone to dig. The last portion of Second Thessalonians chapter 3 was a good lead-in to this episode. It is not the street definition of apostasy, the same as what we found in this description at Bible.org. It reads, These unruly brothers were evangelists who, unlike Paul and his colleagues, were demanding support from the church. But most scholars draw a connection between these non-working brothers and Paul's teaching about the coming of the Lord. They think that they became so caught up with the idea Jesus would return soon that they quit working. They didn't want to, quote, waste time, end quote, working, since the end was near. But then they had to rely on those who did work. And with all their extra time, they were going around spreading gossip and perhaps also false teaching which is why Paul calls them busybodies. While that commentary is not associated with any scripture we will use this week, it is nonetheless a good starting point because apostasy starts in that place when left to fester and grow without correction. In my studies, I found this interesting survey result. It was done here in America at the Cultural Research Center at the Arizona Christian University. It is titled, American Worldview Inventory 2020. They then qualify this further with this tagline, American Christians are redefining the faith, adherents creating new worldviews loosely tied to biblical teaching. This research was conducted by Dr. George Barner, Director of Research, Cultural Research Center. That is a lot, I know, but proper credit where credit is due. The document of reference says, American Christianity is undergoing a post-Christian reformation, quote-unquote, with the nation's major Christian groups rapidly replacing 
traditional theological beliefs with the culture's secular values. That is strong in only the opening statement. However, the question we must ask is whether this observation is only in America or around the world. If it is just found in America, it is not the fulfillment of the oft-quoted Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. However, it does serve, at best, as a warning of how near to being a fulfilled action it is to us presently. Or, maybe we really are in it now. Matthew chapter 24, verse 12 is found in a more complete thought, even though found in a partial larger thought in Matthew chapter 24, verses 10 through 12. The complete thought is found in Matthew chapter 24, verses 9 through 14. However, we will look at the more immediate context found in verses 10 through 12. They read, Then many will be led into sin, and they will betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many. And because lawlessness will increase so much, the love of many will grow cold. Matthew chapter 24 verses 10 through 12. The last half of verse 12, quote, the love of many will grow cold, end quote, is what is called apostasy. To be sure, let us see the meaning of the word apostasy. It means, quote, renunciation or abandonment of one's religious faith or of an object of one's previous loyalty, end quote. Interestingly enough, in the Greek language, apostasy means, quote, a standing away, withdrawing, end quote. This meaning is a more correct meaning given the usage of the word apostasy in verse 12, or, I should say, how it is meant to be used by the language verse 12 uses. Where the meaning of apostasy is used instead of the word itself in several English language Bibles, isn't standing away or withdrawing a cold action? Does it not at least depict, describe an apostate condition? Further investigation gives us this. By reason of these trials and persecutions from without and those apostasies and false prophets from within, the love of many to Christ and his doctrine and to one another shall grow cold. Some openly deserting the faith, as Matthew chapter 24, verse 10. Others corrupting it, as Matthew 24, verse 11 and others growing indifferent about it, Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. Even at this early period, there seems to have been a very considerable defection in several Christian churches. From Adam Clark's 1810-1825 Commentary and Critical Notes on the Bible.
Notice what Adam Clark's commentary said. Even at this early period, there seems to have been a very considerable defection in several Christian churches. So, apostasy is nothing new. One could look at any time they live in and find apostasy somewhere in the world besides in their own place at the same time they live. So is today, the time that Matthew was talking about, or maybe not? A bit more clarity is provided here where it says the usage is second future passive indicative, to breathe cool by blowing or grow cold, quote, spiritual energy blighted or chilled by a malign or poisonous wind, end quote. Vincent, the love of many, the love of the brotherhood gives away to mutual hatred and suspicion. From Robertson's Word Pictures in the New Testament. The brotherhood being that church body that many belong. This is why the unchurched body is growing today, quickly. Churches not recognizing this issue are falling behind. Life is no longer as it once was, and it will not be the same again even when this global pandemic is finally past us. So, again, we find the question, is this the final apostasy or not? A valid question. How can we solve this lingering issue? Let's look at this survey we quoted earlier to get some understanding. While this is an American study, how much more does it ring true in other places of the world we all live in? Quoting, a new study from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University finds that the nation's four main Christian groups, Evangelicals, Pentecostals, and Charismatics, Mainline, Protestants, and Catholics, are creating new world views that are only loosely tied to the biblical teachings that have traditionally defined them. The American Worldview Inventory 2020, conducted by CRC Director of Research Dr. George Barna, surveyed 51 beliefs and behaviors among Christian groups and found that rather than transforming the culture around them with biblical truth, the opposite is happening. American Christianity is rapidly conforming to the values of the post-Christian secular culture. Key findings of this survey include 1. Evangelicals are embracing secularism. A majority, 52% of evangelicals reject absolute moral truth. 61% do not read the Bible on a daily basis. 75% believe that people are basically good. The study found that one-third to one-half of evangelicals in the survey embrace a variety of beliefs and behaviors counter to biblical teaching and long-standing evangelical beliefs. 
2. Pentecostals and Charismatics take secularism a step further. A bit more than. Two-thirds, 69%, reject absolute moral truth. 54% are unwilling to define human life as sacred, with half claiming the Bible is ambiguous in its teaching about abortion. And 69% say they prefer socialism to capitalism. A full 45% did not qualify as born-again Christians. 3. Mainline Protestants are the most secular of the four faith families. 60% of mainline Protestants' beliefs directly conflict with biblical teaching. Three key values define this group. Truth and morality are relative. Life has no inherent value or purpose, so individuals should pursue personal happiness or satisfaction, and traditional religious practices are no longer seen as central or essential to their Christian faith. Only 41% of mainline Protestants are born again. 4. Catholics are increasingly secular and permissive. Catholics' beliefs are surprisingly similar to those of mainline Protestants, but considerably different from that of evangelical and charismatic Protestants. They are most likely to believe in salvation through works or living a good life, and least likely, 28%, to be born again. Today's Catholics are more permissive than other groups, being most likely to accept sexual relations outside of marriage, lying, speeding, and refusal to repay a loan as morally acceptable behaviors. From AWVI 2020, Report Number 11, Christian Faith and Worldview. Wow! If these findings are not just American, but global, then yes, the biblical future has arrived and the very portion, the love of many will grow cold, quote-unquote, has also arrived as predicted in Bible text of current examination. I think the first and maybe biggest takeaway from these four statements is all four use the word secular in any of its correct forms, such as secularism. In item two, one comment greatly stands out to me when they said 69% say they prefer socialism to capitalism. Seriously? Why does such a thing make any sense to anyone born in a free society, it just boggles my mind. My last striking standout is in item four. Quote, Today's Catholics are more permissive than other groups, being most likely to accept sexual relations outside of marriage, lying, speeding, and refusal to repay a loan as morally acceptable behaviors, end quote. 
Are we not building a strong case for apostasy, statistically? This report goes on to say, quote, Over the past three centuries, more than 200 denominations have launched Christian churches in America based on differences in doctrine, theology, and practice. All of them claim to be motivated by the pursuit of biblical integrity. Americans who think of themselves as Christian have followed in those entrepreneurial footsteps, essentially customizing Christianity to their liking and ignoring the historical distinctives of the churches to which they belong. End quote. These insights are the latest produced from the American Worldview Inventory 2020, the seminal national research project undertaken by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. This report continues, quoting, The irony of the reshaping of the spiritual landscape in America is that it represents a post-Christian reformation driven by people seeking to retain a Christian identity, noted Dr. George Barner, Director of Research at the Cultural Research Center. Again, quoting, Unfortunately, the theology of the Reformation is being driven by American culture rather than biblical truth. The worldviews embraced by the adherents of these distinct religious communities reflect contemporary, worldly influence rather than biblical influence. End quote. End quote all. This picture is not getting any smaller or better as we go on. If any of this can be better proven globally, then we have more than just this report to consider that is presently defining the position we as God's children are presently in. To better define whether we are in the closing time as Scripture describes it, we need to see if any of what we are experiencing is global. Yes, the pandemic is global. This is an obvious fact. The question now is, just where in biblical prophecy does it fit, if it fits at all? A pandemic is not mentioned at all in Matthew chapter 24. It can neither be found in the full context of chapters 24 through 25. This does not mean it is not elsewhere in Bible prophecy or even in Old Testament prophecy. However, this is exactly why we should be very cautious in flat-out stating this is biblical prophecy coming to fulfillment. To consider this pandemic a definitive sign, I can go there in some degree. This pandemic should cause us pause, to stop and evaluate so as to make appropriate corrections spiritually. It serves as a sign that the end is not far off, but not as close as some believe it is at this present time. So this question should now make perfect sense when I ask, is this pandemic and these statistics both, or either, 
a clue to the answers we seek? I believe the answer to that question puts more of the emphasis on the numbers from the Arizona Christian University survey we have been examining. The survey we have been examining now expands on these data titles. 1. Evangelicals Embracing Secularism 2. Pentecostals Following Suit 3. Mainline Protestants Are On A Different Path 4. The Catholic Approach It then summarizes with this most inclusive title, Realities of the Post-Christian Reformation. I will now give you the primer on next week's episode. 1. Evangelicals Embracing Secularism The most startling realization regarding the theological reformation in progress is how many people from evangelical churches are adopting unbiblical beliefs. What makes that trend so significant is that evangelical churches by definition, teach that the Bible is the authoritative Word of God that teaches not only salvation by grace alone, but also an array of life principles that are meant to drive one's thoughts and actions. 2. Pentecostals following suit. The American Worldview Inventory 2020 also shows the theological demise of those who attend Pentecostal and Charismatic churches. In some cases, their departure from traditional biblical teachings is even more pronounced than that witnessed among evangelicals. For instance, while a slight but growing majority of those at evangelical churches embrace relativism, more than two-thirds of those in Pentecostal congregations 69% reject absolute moral truth. 3. Mainline Protestants are on a different path. There were 31 variables identified in the inventory for which a majority of participants in one of the six mainline Protestant denominations held a view or engaged in a behavior at odds with biblical teaching, more than three times the number of biblical conflicts as were identified among either evangelicals or Pentecostals. That represents about 60% of the worldview attributes evaluated in the American Worldview Inventory 2020, for which here is a significant conflict with biblical principles. And four, the Catholic approach. The faith profile of Catholics is surprisingly similar to that of mainline Protestants and therefore considerably different from that of evangelical and charismatic Protestants. Catholics reflect the same worldview outlook attributed to mainline adherents. However, they generally differ from their Protestant counterparts in several significant ways. End quote. All four expanded items are quoted from the American Worldview Inventory 2020. These are the issues we will examine in greater detail next week. 
Next week, we will continue our examination of whether we can determine if we are now living in the great apostasy predicted in the Bible or maybe not. To find out more, play or download next week's episode titled Predicted Apostasy or Not So Much Part 2 from one of our podcast hosts or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at unchurched.site123.me Our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website has more information, links to all our podcast platforms, and more. Find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh, East Coast Time, USA. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.